0: Happy New Year 23 to all you wonderful folks in the WBT world and those who may be listening, giving it a try, saying, you know, my new Year's resolution is to have some sense and be a little more conservative in my life because the approach I had was very dismal dark and, and and really relied on a lot of death shaking. If any of you watched 60 Minutes last night, you knew the doom and gloom when they, when they brought Paul Ehrlich the founder of Earth Day 1970, who said we basically all be dead by 1980 due to the population bomb. They brought him out and and tried to reactivate his saintliness uh, because saying, hey, I was wrong about a lot, but I was right too." the coin toss way of approaching toward the future. You know, the CBS 60 Minutes kicking off 2023 with a with a, a the world is ending. It's all about over the great extinction level event and and bringing forth Paul Ehrlich and it's, I can't believe the guy hasn't been just ridiculed out of existence, but he he clings and clamors, and all he does is update the same misery he put forth in 1970. He did it in the 80s, he did it in the 90s, the 2000s, 2010s, and now the 2020s. This guy is, is, is just like a really bad infection you can't get rid of. And no matter how many times he's wrong, he continues to extol this. I mean, if you look at your air and water quality right now, your air and water is significantly better than it was in the 70s when it was 68 when he actually wrote all this. Uh, you know, we got rid of leaded fuels. We've made significant progress. We're growing more food than ever before. Fewer famines than at any time in human history, even though there are more people. More solutions, more creativity, more innovation, more things that are working. There's even a significant awareness about what we can do to protect more wildlife. We're seeing some species do better. We're seeing some that haven't. But at no time in in the history of the planet have there not been the rise of certain species and the diminishment of others. And my saying that everything mankind done has been good or great, it's kind of like this country. This country has so many wonderful aspects about it, but one of the greatest parts of this country is we look at where we go off the rails and we fix it and we come back. Now, we still have significant headway and problems in this nation. No one's pretending they're not, but it's the confusion of the word some and all or all or many versus everything or something versus everything. Everything is not wrong with this country. Some things are. We continue to have work to do. We continue to have work to do in the environment. We continue to have work to do fixing our country. We, we, we all, Ben Franklin, till, until the day he died, had the aspiration to be a better person. He was very rigid in that. George Washington, much the same way, very concerned about his image and the way he was seen. We would do well to have a lot of people more concerned about the way they're perceived and seen. Instead of just being consistent wackadoos. Now, uh, sad news though. Charlotte kicking off this thing with this three dead in this horrific accident that has made national news. The intersection of East Moorhead Street and Euclid Avenue. Uh, you know this this horrible three people dying after an industrial accident. All work stopped for the day. It didn't. It's not just the Charlotte stories. It's it, it, it's it's a national story now. This horrific thing. Charlotte finishing up the year with 109 murders. You know, getting closer and ever closer to record territory. And just a, not and, and two murders to kick off 2023. You're on day two, two dead. I mean, at that rate, you'd have over 300. Obviously, we don't want to see that happen. Uh, it is, you know, the new police chief is seeing this kind of escalate. It's not all on him. As Charlotte continues to move away from public safety being absolutely critical, as it moves leftward, the leftward tilt will make cities less safe. They ju- it just does. L.A., San Francisco, New York, Chicago. When you move in that direction and you move away from law and order being a big deal, but you say law and order and that kind of keys people off. No, no law and order, that's racism. So and 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 by the way, how many of you, how many of you and by, and by the way, this is Chad. Here I am sitting here acting like it's my show. This is Pete Callender's show. I'm Chad Adams, sitting in for Pete Callender. I was blessed with the ability to take the show out for the year. Pete will be back bright and early tomorrow here on his program. It's his program here on WBT, News Talk 1110-993. You want to call in on the conversation, brand new year, brand new way of looking at things, 704-570-1110. Five seven zero eleven ten. We will be joined by the state treasurer Dale Falwell. I have many questions to ask him. A lot of tongues are wagging over the over the holidays. Many people who went to a variety of meetings, including myself, through the past month and a half, know that people are talking. We will ask him those questions about the governor's race in twenty twenty four. What's going on at the treasurer's office? The continuing war against uh, these unbelievably. Uh, self-centered hospitals in the state of North Carolina the the growing disparity of our ability to pay for things and even know what we're getting with respect to health care because what's happening in the state the largest the largest contract for insurance in the state of North Carolina is the treasurer's office and all other companies are kind of being held hostage with these 10 15 20% annualized increases those are part of your compensation so when it goes up and the company ends up paying your health insurance. That's actually your compensation that's not going to you. Uh, so we will have a lot to discuss there. We'll talk about stress. I, I want to go through what is attributed to Alexander Titler and his quote. I teased it a little bit last week, didn't go through it. I want to go through it. It's attributed to him. Some people attribute it to Alexander Titler about going, uh, Alex, Alexis de Tocqueville is also being given it. It didn't really become popular. And the first time it was said publicly was in the 40s, later in the 2000s. Uh, race after the Bush v. Gore, but, but it is something that today, be, it becomes more critical year after year as a way to reflect. Now, I don't know, the, the beauty of this quote, and I'm not going to give it to you now, but it's about going into bondage. Many of you have heard it before, from from bondage to freedom and freedom back to bondage, and it's the cycle that has been outlined in this quote. The beauty of it is nobody really knows who said it, but it is it is going to become more pertinent Day after day, year after year, decade after decade, you see it happening every day. We also will go through some some interesting things about your kids and our kids and what's happened. I I think there's two things that have happened. One, we knew prior to COVID that our kids were going through uh, a great many technological changes. You know that they've the, the past 20 years or so, the way kids are connected to tech, the way their brains develop around tech, is it's almost unseverable. I mean, you could almost say that there's something genetic going on, but it's also there's some good news and bad news there. The real bad news part of it is these kids are not developing personal relationships. There's a lot less, hey, how are you doing face to face kind of stuff and a lot more everything's digital. And I don't know that that's good. And I don't know that it's not stunting their emotional and physical development. I don't know. I'm not making that judgment, but I will throw it out there for you to chew on. And, and certainly, you are always welcome to be a part of the conversation. So, a big show, a lot going on, kicking off 2023. Pete back tomorrow, and and you know what? And I'll go through a CNN piece that shows you that the left is still obsessed with Donald Trump. They can't even function outside of their obsession with Donald Trump. We'll go through that column as well. <laughs> Chad Adams in for Pete Callender on this beautiful day. Bad news notwithstanding, the, the horrible accident down in, in downtown Charlotte, and uh, sorry about that. I did have a, a good a good meme that popped across my screen. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a things aren't adding up, and it's pretty obvious theorist. So a good one to just kick things off right now with us a very special guest, someone who I've had the pleasure of knowing for nigh on twenty plus years now. And that's Dale Falwell, the current treasurer, arguably one of the, not one of the best, the best treasurer, most authentic, down to earth, least political politicians I know. Dale Falwell, treasurer for the state of North Carolina. Welcome to the show, Dale. Happy New Year to you. How are you?
1: Well, Happy New Year to you, and uh, great to be with you and uh, our friends in Charlotte and the surrounding area.
0: Well, you, you obviously spend a lot of time on the road every time. A lot of listeners don't realize this, but you're usually at 8, 9, 10, 12 meetings a day. Up and down, probably today, even, the most uh, government offices are closed. The treasurer's still on the job. So are you on the road today, or are you at the treasurer's office today? Where are you today? Uh, the treasurer's
1: office is closed today, but I came in to get some work done. It's going to be a, a big week as the keeper of the public purse, and a, and a big month, and lots of, lots of big things happening uh, that uh, – at the end of the day, all result in us uh, staying in the check delivery business, especially for those that teach, protect, otherwise serve in terms of pension and health care uh, benefits and taxpayers like them.
0: Now, the treasurer, an elected position, you uh, you know have been in that position for some time now. You have served the state in the legislative branch as well. And you know, over the the course of the past month and at least two different meetings that I'm personally aware of, your name has been brought up as someone, and this is funny. Here's how it was brought up to me, that you are running for governor. I knew that there's a lot of speculation about this. Can you kind of clarify for listeners? Because your name is out there as someone who is likely to run. Governor Cooper cannot run. He's term limited out. 2024 race, Josh Stein, the sitting attorney general for Democrats, uh, looks like he's all in. And, and certainly the lieutenant governor currently here looking at running. Where are you on that situation? That's what everybody wants to know. That's what I get asked all the time. But I've had people assert to me that you already are in the race.
1: Well, what I will tell you this afternoon is that uh, people will have a choice and uh, contrary to what, you know, some uh, multimillion dollar consultants have said that, uh, you know, the the Republican primary is over. Uh, It's not over. It's not over till the people have spoken. And, uh, everybody talks about uh, you know being the governor and it's never about uh, kissing babies, cutting ribbons or uh, or attacking people. Yeah, for me at my service in Raleigh's always been about uh, attacking problems and getting it to the root cause of those problems to fix them long term for the the people of the state because uh, at the end of the day, uh, what citizens really want is someone, who God has given them the vision to see what needs to be done, the humility to listen for what needs to be done, but at the end of the day, the courage to actually act on what needs to be done. That's what I've done in the last 16 years in Raleigh.
0: Now, there's no doubt. I mean, having known you and had many conversations with you, both on air, off air, one on one, you know, I do know that that you have always singularly focused on solving those problems, even when it's not popular, even when it's not been popular to go after those. Certainly, going after this this hospital cartel has not been. It's popular with people, but it's the right thing that you've always chosen to try to do the right thing, and that's a, that's my personal contribution to what I've yeah, seen. Well, you.
1: well, thank you for saying that, but. Is, you know, it's so important for your listeners to know, no matter how uh, you know, handsome you are or pretty you are or smart or wealthy you are, uh, when you get my age, uh, you'll realize that you're standing on the shoulders of other people. And what? when you make that comment just a moment ago, Chad, obviously we're all standing on the shoulders of, of uh, former Governor Jim Martin who, from Charlotte area who continues to say uh, that good policy makes good politics. And doing right's rarely wrong, and that's the mantra I use.
0: Now, you you said a lot, uh, and 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 this is the one thing. That it sounds to me like you're you've made that choice to move forward in that different. Now, I, I want folks to understand this. Regardless of the, the where folks run from, whether they're Secretary of State, they run for something, or they're the Treasurer, they still continue to do their job. But you you. You focused on that, but you're also focused on the race ahead, too, because you have to get there to make a difference. And so it sounds to me like you're you're edging into that that field. You said there will be a primary. You, you virtually guarantee there's going to be a primary if anyone else but you runs.
1: Well, yeah, and there, there, there is going to be a primary, but at, at the end of the day, uh, as I said earlier, I think all people won't. They're tired of the drama. They're try, tired of the of – the, of uh, Attacking people. All people want is to be spoken to like adults, and what they hear makes common sense, and that's what I've always provided.
0: So, as you look ahead, I, I want to keep you on for another segment because this was a really short segment. As we go to the bottom of the hour, we're going to take that break. And again, our guest, Dale Falwell, the state treasurer. You know, what do you see as the most significant challenge for your office this year? I know that the, the you know the medical rates that what you're having to pay in clarity. That's still a big deal. What do you see as the big challenge for twenty twenty three? Uh, trying to get ahead because you guys have done a lot, but what, what's what's ahead for you?
1: Well, it's key for the public purse. Just to you know, be the, the optimistic treasurer for a moment. We have we have uh, had a well have have had a great six years thanks to the employers and taxpayers in North Carolina. Uh, state debt over an eight year period of time is going to fall sixty percent six zero percent reduction in state debt. And people watch C N B C occasionally and ask themselves how did North Carolina get ranked number one in the United States for business outlook? You know, and that was partially due to the you know, the state debt falling so much, which is a tribute to the taxpayers, employers, and the general assembly who has balanced this budget and lived within its means. Secondly, we've been able to cut about seven hundred million dollars in Wall Street fees out of our pension plan because every dollar inefficiently spent on wall street fees is a dollar that could never be spent uh for the benefit of those that teach protect and serve
0: now dale we, we are still, dale, we are I, still I, trying
1: to we are still trying to break the health care cartel and we can talk about that right. in the next
0: segment we will and i want to get back we'll we'll st- we'll start here with the state treasurer after this break Welcome back, folks. Kicking 2023 off. Chad Adams, your guest host for Pete Calendar here on WBT News Talk 1110-993. And uh, uh, State Treasurer Dale Falwell, before he we went to the break, was was talking about some of the accomplishments. He's been there for six years. This is his second term as the state treasurer. Uh, 60% decrease in state debt. That's, uh, that's, that's huge in a state as large as North Carolina that encumbers itself with quite a bit of debt. And bringing down the fees that you and I pay to manage one of the largest retirement funds in the entire world. And we appreciate you sharing that with us. Now, Dale, you know, having said that, you were, we were talking about the hospital situation. This is one that you've been trying to get clarity on. It has been this, this beast of burden for you to continue trying to find out, hey – what are we paying for? How much are we paying for it? And the lack of clarity has been uh, nothing. Instead, instead of saying, hey, let's get to the bottom of it, which the hospitals could do working with Blue Cross Blue Shield, they've been steadfast in their resolve to not be transparent about what's being paid for. And it's uh, stymied you, the insurance folks, and every company in the state that's dealing with this.
1: Well, we we call them cartels and You know, some of the folks at Atrium down there say, you know, why is the Treasurer so upset at us? And it's pretty simple. They will not tell people what things cost. They will not offer a level of charity care that's equal to the billions of dollars of tax benefit they get. And they won't stop weaponizing people's credit scores when they don't pay their bill. Do those three things, and I'm off to another problem. It's so simple.
0: It is, and uh, they've continued to stymie and 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 resist. They've resisted the companies in the state. They've resisted the state itself. They've uh, resisted the ta- at every level. I wonder at what point does does someone have to step in, and this has to be solved through mediation or blunt force uh, litigation? And it looks like the attorney general has done precious little to try to move the ball either. He's—I don't know. I mean, you could say he doesn't have a dog in the fight, but he does. But he doesn't seem to care.
1: I wish the attorney general was from my political party because every time I say this people say, Well, that's just the treasure being political. This is not political, it's mathematical. There's only one fingerprint on the cartelization and the consolidation of health care into the hands of fewer and fewer of these multi million dollar executives. They're multi billion dollar corporations who disguise themselves as nonprofits. There's only one fingerprint on the consolidation of health care, and that's the Attorney General of North Carolina, whose responsibility is supposed to be to protect the consumers of this state. I'm the keeper of the public purse, but I'm also having to protect the consumers as it relates to what's happened to them with medical debt and uh, and more and more price increases, where people are now fearful of even seeking medical attention because of what could happen to them financially.
0: Um, They absolutely are. And, you know, I, my family's testament to that, my, my wife's family's testament to that. You know, if you're below a certain age, even if you have state, I mean, I I know people that are state employees that have had a significant health uh, event happen before the age of Medicare, and they have, you know, great insurance. In fact, the state health care plan is as good as almost any out there, and it nearly takes them to bankruptcy because they just didn't realize how bizarre, you know, one incident can be, whether it be cancer, a long-term fight, or a short, short-term fight like an aneurysm or something. The, the charges are so hidden, and, and it's like reading Sanskrit. When you get the bill, it looks biblical with respect to the size of it.
1: Somebody, people send me their bills all the time, and somebody sent me a bill the other day. Their husband was in the hospital for uh, not even overnight, for 23 hours, mostly in the emergency room, $58,000. And Jeez. you know, a life saving—this wasn't even a surgery; it wasn't an overnight stay. But a life saving surgery should not cost you your life savings. Yeah. And the fact is, is this is a huge transfer of wealth. I mean, that's that's what's so ridiculous about this. Right. It's <laughs> a huge transfer of wealth, especially from the lower and fixed income people of this state to these multi-millionaire executives and their multi-billion-dollar corporations that don't pay taxes.
0: I- and and i can concur with this part of what i do is working with a, a medical company as well and nobody look i can tell you from look at this nobody is saying the cost of actual care is that crazy it's really not when you look at what an actual cost of a given procedure a given treatment is that when you get down to it it's not that bad but the problem is the hospitals add so many different diffuscatory, difficult to get through uh, billing, the part of the billing process and the insurance carriers in it and the third-party administrators. There's so many different aspects of of this that every one of them are costly, and ultimately the cost is borne by you, the individual, the taxpayer, the uh, employee. Ultimately, that's where it is, but we don't know what we're paying for, and and it's obscene. So it sounds like that's going to be part of your platform. Uh,
1: Imagine there's there's a doctor and is also the editor of Kaiser Health News, one of the most respected medical publications in the United States. Her husband went to get a knee surgery, and she wrote an editorial for the the New York Times. Imagine this, Chad. The headline was, Where the Frauds Are Legal. Can you imagine what it must have taken for her to get that past the compliance department of the New York Times? And through this article where the frauds are legal. She goes through point by point of things that are associated with her husband's knee surgery that either didn't happen or were so uh, obscure in the way they were described that she can't confirm that uh, he even got these procedures at all. And this is a medical doctor, the editor of Kaiser Health News, who can't even understand what's on the billing.
0: It, it is obscene, and there are American doctors that are working with hospitals in Mexico that are doing these procedures for one-fifth of the cost what it, of what it costs here because they want to deal with patients. They're tired of dealing with systems uh, to deliver actual great care to patients. It's, it's astounding.
1: And, and let's it's be obscene. clear. Every discussion we have about the cartel or anybody who needs medical attention, we are not. I repeat, we are not talking about the people who actually do the work of health care. No. It, uh, it, because they are as right. frustrated as everybody
0: <laughs> They are And it's just like when you have a discussion about education People try to say you're talking about teachers We have fantastic teachers We're talking about the way education is led And organized at the top And the same thing here It's We have great doctors, we have astounding nurses They're frustrated uh, We see this inside hospital systems like Novant We see it in like Atrium We see it in these giant systems And the employees are the ones that don't understand What's going on either So it, it is a hidden thing Now, Dale, moving, you know, obviously that's going to be a big part of things, and I'm sure there are forces that do not want someone like you anywhere near uh, the governor's office because it gives you more of a bully pulpit to fight for the people. Um, You know, what are some of the other issues looking ahead that you – because that's just one fight. You've proven to be a problem solver in all the other issues of the treasurer's office, so it's not like you have a personal agenda. This is, like you said, mathematical. It's solving problems, It's attacking problems, not people. What's something else you'd like to see happen?
1: We just put out a uh, press release so we've uh, a lot of discussions been had around the, the state and around this country regarding uh ESG policies and yes. you know ESG oh. stands for environmental social governance. Uh I think ESG should stand for uh energy independence, safe neighborhoods and
0: good yeah. government. But it and, doesn't. Um,
1: yeah, but uh BlackRock, Larry Fink is the leader of the ESG movement, and and you know everybody says, well, just pull your money out of BlackRock. Well, I have a I have a loyalty to get the highest value product as I can in these pension plans at the lowest cost with the highest margin of safety. That's my fiduciary duty, and so we just uh, entered into a relationship with uh, the BlackRock relationship has been at the treasurer's office for decades. Uh, And where they continue to manage the money, but he can no longer politicize our pension assets. We have removed the proxy voting away from BlackRock uh, so that he can no longer vote our shares with his wacky autism uh, philosophy. And then I asked for him to step down, uh, because I'm sure that the people who work at BlackRock are as frustrated about this as anyone. People go to work at BlackRock to gain assets. It's called assets under management. And there's billions and billions of dollars of money leaving BlackRock uh, because of these, uh, the politicizing of people's pension plans. Larry well, Fink doesn't own this, these assets. The, the, those that teach, protect, and serve do. So what I did in this case is I governed. I, I took advantage of the one, one basis point fees on some of these index funds that we manage. I took away his ability to vote our proxy so we could no longer politicize our pension plan assets. And then I asked for him to step aside so that somebody could lead that company that could get back to its original mission.
0: Well, Dale, the the time certainly has flown. We're going to have to take a break here in a second. Any one final thoughts you've got? I'll give you uh, 20 seconds.
1: Go to NCCash.com. We just paid out $110 million at NCCash.com. Just found a person with over a million dollars there. And Charlotte football team was advertising on your station a few months ago. Even they had money at NCCash.com. Uh, we had a meteorologist in Charlotte who just mentioned NCCash.com. We had 60,000 hits to our website and 14,000 new claims were generated because of a weatherman in Charlotte mentioning com.
0: Bernie loves that 1980s REO, Van Halen. He might throw some Peter Gabriel in there. Who knows? Genesis. Who knows? Miami Vice might even make it in the lineup. WBT does welcome the Light the Nights Festival, where you can make merry memories at truest feel through January 6th. There's an ice skating rink, even in this heat. Snow tubing Hill. Plus, enjoy lights, a light show, live entertainment, holiday treats, Christmas tree, shopping. And more brought to you in part by Piedmont Natural Gas. Do share the warmth. It's hard to believe. Just, you know, what, a week plus ago, it was like 40 degrees colder than it is now. It feels almost... There, there's someone out fishing today I saw, like in shorts and a t-shirt. Fishing! But that will soon change. There are many... I think the, another one of those polar vortexes is getting wound up, according to a lot of folks. We will see. Now, on the, on the subject of times they are changing... Every New Year, you know, the truth is, all that happened to December thirty first is we kind of flip to another month. We give it a lot more credence because it's it's one of those times we kind of pinpoint in our head that okay, this journey around the sun, we're going to pinpoint at this at this point in our uh, our, our short term existence on the planet, we're going to reflect back on everything that was screwed up, and we're somehow going to make it much better this year. And we start out with all of this, and we start out excited. We 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 we've, we've marked it, we have put a pin in it, and we say. You know, here's what the hell we're going to do. We're going to get it. we're going to get it in shape. We're going to eat better. We're going to be stronger, faster stronger. We're going to leap tall buildings in a single bound or maybe the dog house. You know, we're going to get the dog in shape, you know. Wife and I are going to get along better. How long does it take for us to be worn down? And 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 for those things to become, oh, it's another year. It's March and now and it's kind of like if you look at all of the gyms around, right? This is the time every other commercial on TV is going to be. The Nutrisystem, Jenny Craig, Weight Watchers, gyms, all of the gyms you can imagine, memberships selling. Yourself. This is this is Christmas for those groups. This is Christmas for them. They are selling that stuff. Everyone's going to get their limited portion meals. They're going to eat it and be happy with it, and they're going to get the next one. They're going to put it in the microwave, and we're going to lose weight. It's magically going to fall off. Gym memberships flying off the shelf. Try to get a parking space in about two weeks. And you probably won't be able to get one in the gym. But come March, there'll be a lot of parking available. And I'm not putting anyone down for this. It's admirable to always make friends with change. That's the thing. Don't we wish we could make friends with change throughout the year? Don't we wish that we had the same enthusiasm for ourselves and others as we do this time of year? That we look at ourselves in the mirror and go, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be better next year. I'm going to be better next week. I'm going to be better next month. Look, I'm as guilty of it as anybody, except mine, I don't usually look at the calendar year. I look at different events. So if I'm going to travel, and I know I like to be really physically active when I travel, so I try to get you know in ridiculously strong uh, before I travel, thinking, you know, I want to climb that hill. I want to get to the top of that mountain. I want to jump off that cliff. That's kind of me. Now, that doesn't mean I'm an extreme adventurer, but I, I do like to, you know, drop me in a jungle somewhere. I'm happy. I love it. And if I can take 15 pictures of wildlife, then it's a good day for me. But that's me. That's what, that's what gets my clock going. And, and if I don't have that, here's the problem. If you don't have something planned, then I tend to fall off that wagon. You know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, what, what do I have that goes with milk? <laughs> what can I find that goes with milk to be excited about? Now, I know all of you are going through that. I do want to go through some of this uh, about you know, where we are, how soon things fade. And it's a really good piece about where we, where we need to go in the new year. But before we, as we go to the top of the hour, I want to preface it by going through a quote largely attributed to a guy by the name of Alexander Titler. Now, for those of you who don't know who he is, um, you know he is someone that was a, uh, a Scottish advocate, a judge, a writer, historian. He died in 1813, so many, many moons ago in a galaxy far, far away. But the point is he he had a quote that's been largely bandied about. It was first known to have appeared in a 1943 speech by Henning Prentice, president of Armstrong Cork Company, of all places, and president, also former president of National Association of Manufacturers. You don't care about that. It also popped up right after the Bush v. Gore race and was thrown about, but nobody really knows if he said it. But here's the quote, and I think it's germane, and it's something that I want you to ponder about in your own way as you look out to society at large, as you're driving around or you're working, you're at home, or you're out in the yard listening to this broadcast. I want you to consider the following quote, you've heard it before, and if you haven't, you should have, because it's germane. It's germane. And it goes something like this. It, excuse me, it goes exactly like this. It says a democracy cannot exist. Now, we're a, a republic, but it's very similar. A democracy cannot exist as a permanent form of government. Now, he's not saying, he's not ordering and saying you can't do it. He's saying it, it just over time, we know it. they don't. They don't persist. It can only exist until the voters discovered that they can vote themselves largest from the public treasury, meaning that they can vote themselves stuff. So in other words, I, there's one team out there that wants to give them everything, and that's the, the, the progressives. They promise you everything. Come across the border, we'll give you stuff. So that, that we can only exist as a democracy until folks realize they can vote themselves stuff. From that moment on, the majority always votes for the candidates promising the most benefits from the public treasury, with the result that a democracy always collapses over loose fiscal policy always followed by a dictatorship. So here's where I want you to consider as we go to the break here in a moment. The average age of the world's great greatest civilizations has been about 200 years. These nations have progressed through this sequence from bondage to spiritual faith, from spiritual faith to great courage, from courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to selfishness, from selfishness to apathy from apathy to dependence and from dependence back into bondage be thinking about that as we go to the break here chad adams your guest host here on wbt we'll be right back after this stay tuned